This is the Less Doing Podcast with your host, Ari Mysel. Learn how to optimize, automate, and outsource and be more effective at everything. Welcome to the podcast. This is Ari Mizell, and you are listening to The Art of Less Doing. If you're listening to this, that means that you're probably interested in being more productive, being more effective, and just generally being more awesome. I hope that's the case, because that's what I'm kind of obsessed with. Today is uh, Wednesday, July 10th. That's when I'm recording this. Uh, This will probably be out in about a week from now, but it's July 10th, and it's a beautiful day, and I am sitting at a pool in the Hamptons where uh, my wife and my three kids and two dogs and I are in the process of moving to. And I've really gotten a chance to test out a lot of productivity ideas and been spending a lot of time with my family, spending less uh, absolute time working on things and just squeezing more out of those minutes, basically. And it's been great. So anyway... Uh, today is a really cool interview with uh, Chris Bailey from A Year of Productivity, which is the guy basically has created this vacuum where he can test all sorts of cool productivity theories. So he's got some really cool stuff to say, and I know you're going to like that. Uh, I want to talk about a couple things. Uh, one, I have a biohacking course that I put out a couple weeks ago, and I just got my 100th student. So it's going really well. I'm very happy with it. It's pretty much uh, a really just good brief overview of how you can improve your sleep, your nutrition, your mind, your stress, all sorts of things. There's basically three basic things for each category, and then there's one kind of advanced thing for those of you who want to take it a little further. Biohacking is something really important to me. It's something that I'm very passionate about, and I really hope that you'll check out the course. Uh, Through that process, I've gotten to experiment with some really fun stuff, and one of them is called Brainscape. So Brainscape is like Memrise, which I've previously mentioned, but it it really goes way beyond. Brainscape is an accelerated learning platform uh, that works with spaced intervals. And you can learn languages, you can learn biological terms, chemistry, uh, the MCATs, you can brush up on studying for that. Uh, You can learn state capitals, uh, country capitals, all sorts of really interesting, even music theory and audible stuff with music. So uh, to test this out, my wife and I were woken up to do uh, a feed for our twins at about 3 o'clock in the morning, and I took out the app and decided to do uh, state capitals, which is something that I, I always had a blockage with. And what's unique about Brainscape is that it has you self-rate how well you're comprehending the information, which sounds weird, but it actually works very well. And within about 20 minutes of working on this while feeding a baby, I now believe that I know all the state capitals really well, and it's really ingrained in my mind. I was kind of blown away. So now I'm working on other things, and it's it's just a really, really great program. So that's it for now. Uh, I hope you enjoy this interview with Chris, and uh, thanks for your for listening. Hi, welcome to the podcast. Today we're talking with Chris Bailey of the website A Year of Productivity. Hey, Chris, thanks for talking to me today. Thanks for having me, Ari. It's exciting to be here. 
So, uh, first of all, tell everybody about what a year of productivity is. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to. So, I recently graduated in May, I guess that's a couple of months ago. And and I was offered these two great jobs after I graduated, but I decided to decline them both. And that's because I had a plan, and that was to start this project. And so what a year of productivity is, you can probably infer a bit from the name, actually. But from one year, from May 1st, 2013 to May 1st, 2014, I'm basically devouring everything I can about productivity. I'm interviewing people. I'm conducting these weird productivity experiments where I use myself as a guinea pig for them. And I'm reading as many books as I can, and I'm writing about everything that I learned. Hello? Hi, Chris. Sorry, keep going. Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, so that's basically the, the crux of the website. And, and a couple of interesting things that I'm doing is, the first is I'm, I'm keeping stats for everything that I do every day. So if you go to a yearofproductivity.com, there's a little stats tab at the top, and, and it has these um, elaborate charts of how many hours I invest every day, how exactly how many words I write for articles and pages for the site each day, the number of book pages that I've read, um, a daily work log of exactly what I do every single day uh, from what I write to what I read to the, everything. Um, as well as going forward, I'm going to put my body composition up there um, because I'm doing this productivity experiment where I'm hacking around with my body composition to see how that affects my productivity. And the second interesting thing that I'm doing is, at least at this point, I, I don't have ads on the site. I'm doing this um, thing called pitch in. So if people find what they what I write valuable, uh, they can pitch in a few bucks that go towards the project, and 75% of that uh, gets reinvested in this project to to build it up. So that's that's what a year of productivity is about. Okay. So the first question I have, you know, is productivity is sort of a general term, right? So you know, I, I know as far as I'm concerned, it can encompass, you know, how, how you work, the the times of day that you work. Definitely yeah. health and wellness goes into that. Uh, but what what's some of the maybe the the unusual things that you're that you're considering under the the wing of productivity that you're trying out? I, I see as productivity. I, I guess that going to your point, everyone kind of has a different definition of productivity. Some people might define being productive as making a lot of money. Some people might define productivity as having as much free time as possible so they can spend their time however you want, um, however they want. I probably fit in more into the second camp. If I, if I wanted money, I probably would have accepted one of the two jobs, but instead I want to build up this interesting project. So one of the interesting ways I define productivity is uh, how many people interact with this website. Uh, so far, it's, it's been incredible. Over the last couple months, there's been about, you know, 24,000 people that have signed on to the website and have, you know, eaten up an article or two. So th that's kind of the main metric that I use to define productivity is, you know, is this thing that I'm putting out there, this project, is it actually um, shaking people up a bit? Is, is it changing the way they work? So your your output is is your writing, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Essentially, 
Uh, I'm doing I'm doing the craft work on behalf of people who want to become more productive. <laughs> in a way, I'm going out there, I'm interviewing people, I'm reading the books, and I want to distill all of this stuff that's out there, figure out what the BS is, set that aside, figure out where the golden nuggets are, and I want to talk about those things on the website. So uh, on, on the on the physical or mental side, the, the biological side, what yeah. um, crazy things have you tried so far? Other <laughs> other than your ten days of reclusion, which I do want to get to in a little more depth. But what what's some of the crazy you know sleep hacking, you know, not eating? What yeah, is it? yeah a, a ton of stuff along. Yeah, we'll have to get to the ten days of reclusion. That was a terrible ten days. But you, you know, <laughs> one of the things I'm is I'm waking up at five thirty every morning. And that's been a hard one to hack around with. I, I wrote an article maybe a, a few weeks ago called So Far I'm Failing at Waking Up at 530, just, <laughs> just because I'm having so much trouble th- with this one. So uh, right now I'm really trying to hunker down and figure out, you know, what habits I can change, uh, whether going to bed earlier will help, and that's been helping so far. That's, that's one of them. A, a second one that might be uh, a little more up your alley is uh, changing my body composition. I, th- I think I mentioned that a bit. So I'm reducing my body fat, which is 17% right now. It's, it's That's an average level, but I want to reduce it from 17% to 10%, which is considered very athletic in a male. Uh, I think it's, you know, 17% is very athletic in a female, but I'm a, I'm a male. <laughs> so it's 10% to get to the athletic level and gaining 10 pounds of lean muscle mass in the process to see, you know, as I work out, how is my ego affected? How is my confidence affected? How is my focus, my concentration affected? And so that's, that's another one. Um, maybe another one that's more of a mind hack is I'm really into meditation. I meditate for, you know, half an hour to an hour every day. I really see that as kind of a, uh, as a high leverage activity in my life. And so one of the things that I'm going to do is meditate for an entire week straight. And so not for, you know, 12 hours a day, for five hours every day, which is kind of the maximum a person can tolerate. So I'm going to meditate for five hours a day for an entire week to see how that affects my productivity also. I, I mean, this almost sounds like you're taking the Mythbusters approach, you know, where they try to they try to prove something, and if they can't, then they do the extreme absolute, like, end of the limits to make it possible. So, yeah, uh, which is yeah, great. Exactly. I mean, I think that's that's where we actually discover stuff. Yeah, so, I, 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 kind of the outlying places, right? I, I could have, I guess, taken the easy approach to this project and said, okay, I'm just going to write something a day. And, you know, I might have gotten the same amount of website traffic and interest that way. But I, I thought, you know, why not use this opportunity and just hack the hell out of my life because I have a year to do it? <laughs> I, 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 um, that's, that's a wonderful opportunity to have. So, um, what have you found as far as diet? Let's, not, let's start with that. That's yeah. been particularly helpful and particularly not helpful. Well, maybe, maybe we can jump to the reclusion experiment because. Sure, let's do that. Yeah, because that kind of works into the diet. I wrote a post on the site that I don't want to keep talking about the site, but that's kind of what we're talking about. Uh, I'm just going to plug away here. Um, (laughs) I I wrote an article, the top 10 things I learned uh, living in reclusion for 10 days. 
And essentially when I got, I, I lived in a basement in total reclusion, not talking to any people, not having any sunlight for 10 days. And I found, you know, near the beginning of that experiment, I, I hit these really low spots. I had no physical energy. I had no emotional energy. I actually got quite sad at sometimes, quite depressed because there's no people around. And one of the the keys to kind of staying sane down here, in addition to meditating and stuff like that, is that the boring kind of cliche things are the things that actually work. And so by boring cliche things, I mean, you know, if you ask somebody, okay, how do I live a, a better, healthier life? They'll say these things like, eat well, get enough sleep, work out, take a vitamin every day, drink a lot of water. And the problem, I think, is that they're repeated so often that they lose almost all of their meaning. But I think that behind every one of these cliches is a truth that's so incredibly powerful that people feel compelled to repeat the phrase again and again and again. And so when I, when I started eating better, I started thinking about, okay, how much protein am I actually getting down here? I wasn't getting enough protein, so I had more, I ate more protein, and that upped my energy levels. I stopped eating prepackaged foods, and then I started eating these, these wonderful meals, uh, that, that I could prepare, and that my girlfriend helped me prepare down here. I started drinking a, a ton of water. Um, I went from drinking, you know, a couple liters a day to three or four liters a day, and that really helped living in this dry environment. So those are those are kind of a few of the things I played around with that actually worked. Well, so I mean, the the obvious question that I would have to ask there is, do you, I mean, how much of that do you think is affected by the fact that you had no sunlight? You know, do you think if you were on like a desert island, maybe that you would, you know, and had the sun and the water, you'd be happy? Oh, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> Compared to living in the in the hell for ten days, yeah, that would have been lovely. Uh, yeah, there's kind of two um, two factors I think that affected um, my mood, my energy levels, my motivation uh, throughout the experiment. The first the first was the amount of sunlight uh, that I received, and the second was the amount of social interaction. And in some ways, it's difficult to separate the two, but sunlight definitely has a huge um, uh, influence over how productive you are. It regulates your sleep because you're when the sun goes down, your body starts to produce melatonin, which which helps you go to sleep. I'm sure uh, if you've been hacking around with this kind of stuff, you're familiar with it. It regulates your mood. It, it helps you with stress. And so living in the basement, I found that that really did affect my productivity. I wasn't sleeping as well. I was sleeping much longer hours because my body didn't know when to wake up. <laughs> so you know, there were some nights I went to bed at, at 9.30 and I woke up at 10 in the morning and I felt just as rested as rested as I would if the sun had come up at six, like it usually does here. And so I found, I found that really affected my, my productivity. So, yeah, I mean, I can only imagine. I, it sounds, it sounds <laughs> awful and interesting at the same time. Um, so, so I, I mean, I, I, you're how many months into this now? Three, two four? months in. Uh, two months well, two in, and okay. a half. Two and a half. Two and a half months in. So have yeah. you picked up any golden nuggets yet? Absolutely, yeah. Just tell me one. one of the, yeah, one of the things is self-honesty. It, it doesn't matter how many productivity hacks and tips that you learn about, if you're not honest with yourself about where you succeed and, and where you fail and so on. So I'll give you a few examples. 
the first is, you know, I have a to-do list every day. I have actually quite a complex to-do list um, <laughs> that I manage each day. And being honest with yourself about whether your to-do list is actually doable um, it is incredibly important to becoming more productive. If you find you just keep putting stuff off to another day, you're really not being honest with yourself about how much you can get done every day. Uh, same thing with, you know, goals and New Year's resolutions that are too ambitious. You might not be honest with yourself there. If you hit the snooze button every morning 10 times, maybe you should instead be a little bit more honest with yourself and set the alarm half an hour later when you actually, when your body actually wants to get up. Uh, so being honest with yourself, I mean, there's so many examples of this. You know, do you ignore your mind when it's overworked? Do you ignore your body when it tells you that it's full? Do you spend several hours in front of the TV and then forget about where all your time went? Kind of that double loop. You know, we have these things that we do every day, but having a double loop around the things that we do where we reflect on, you know, is this actually what I want? Is this actually accomplishing something? That That's huge. And uh, and then on the counter side of that, have you found anything that everybody should absolutely not do at any cost? Oh, <laughs> that's just, there's so many things that you shouldn't do. <laughs> there's so many things that you should do. I, I don't know if I don't know if there's there's kind of one thing. I, I think productivity, uh, at least how I define it, is a kind of holistic thing. Um, you know, I, I measure productivity in a number of different ways. Um, in terms of you know how happy I am, how how many words I write, you know everything and in, everything in between. Maybe one thing is, is cutting out TV. I, I read a stat, and I think I wrote an article a few months back. The average person spends I think 13 years of their life watching TV, and you know we only have so many hours in every day. And I, I don't want to try to take an inspirational turn here or anything, but. But that's a lot of time when you think about it, 13 years of the time you have on this planet to make yourself better, to make other people better, to become happier. Um, I can think of so many better things, higher leverage things that a person can do instead of watching TV. That's, I, that's, I mean, I think that's a very good tip. I, since since uh, we have uh, three kids under the age, age of uh, 19 months and uh, TV is a luxury we sort of had to give up um, yeah. <laughs> but it, it, I, I found it to be a very uh, sort of uh, cathartic experience honestly yeah no, exactly when you it, it's really hard to get rid of right and this might be going back to the self-honesty thing you know how much TV do you actually want to watch it, is this is it too hard on me if I if I suddenly cut TV out of my life should I instead reduce it by you know, half an hour a day, a month, or whatever. <laughs> uh, but but it's huge. You know, when you get rid of it, there's this TV kind of shaped hole in your life that you fill with better things when you when you get rid of it, like reading, like writing, like actually calling up a friend and having a coffee with them. So you'll you'll see. You know, it's it's like this. You know, the whole doing less philosophy. Um, and when you do less, you actually do more. When you when you get rid of TV, all these higher leverage things come flooding into your life that end up making you more productive in the end. I I am I'm very much in line with that. I, I think that that's that's a, a very good sentiment. Um, so 
you know, you're 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 at the relatively beginning stage of this experiment, which is which I'm glad that I got to speak to you at this point in it because I hope that a lot of people listen to this and then want to follow along with what you come up with because I think the the sort of vacuum that you've created for yourself to be able to do these experiments is is unique and a really a wonderful opportunity for to to test something that you don't you know you can't really test in a laboratory. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, thank you. But, yeah, well, I, I think it's great. Um, so the 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 last question I always like to ask people on this podcast, and again, I, I'd actually love to interview you again at the end of this year, but at this point, what would you mm-hmm. say are the top three personal productivity tips that that you know keep you kicking ass, basically? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I try to kick as much ass as I can with this, <laughs> this project. The, the first one is that. Uh, uh, I, I gave it away earlier because it's just so huge. It's to be honest with yourself. Um, pretty much every tip or hack or method that you can see or read about, uh, including less doing it, is totally useless. I, I, it's totally useless if you're not honest with yourself. And that, that might sound a bit, you know, hippy dippy, which I think I was talking about, uh, but but it really isn't. You, you can't, you know, people who are honest are rare as diamonds, but people who are honest with themselves, I think, are are even rarer. So that that'd be the first one. Kind of keep in mind these games that you play with yourself, um, and just be honest about, you know, where your strong suits are, where your weak suits are, um, because that'll make you a better person at the end of the day. The second one, um, I'd say, is to meditate. Meditation. You know, it's not very accessible to a lot of people because you say meditation and people don't know what the hell you're talking about. It's like sushi for me. <laughs> maybe some people have this, maybe some people haven't. But when you, somebody says, you know, you want to go out for sushi? So I don't even know what sushi is. And then you're so resistant against the, against the idea. But <laughs> I think people overcomplicate meditation. Uh, and I wrote a guide that that's, I think is pretty helpful to get getting started meditating because it's so simple. Uh, meditation is a no-brainer to me. And you think, okay, I'm sitting on my ass for 20 minutes at a time. How is that going to make me more productive? And, and that's that's a big question. But one of the things I've been doing with this with this project, the Year of Productivity, is scoping out the benefits, both real life, both laboratory benefits of meditation. And it calms you down. It lets you handle stress better. You, you need less sleep when you meditate. So maybe you actually, if you spend 20 minutes meditating every day, you need to sleep for 20 minutes less anyway. So it's a zero cost to your time. It'll let you focus better. That's a huge one. It'll give you more discipline. It helps your mind defragment its thoughts so it can make better sense of of who you are and what you're doing. So the second tip I would give is to meditate. I'll, I'll send you, Ari, I'll send you a link after if you want to link folks to the, to the meditation guide I, I wrote. Um, again, another plug, but I think uh, I've heard from a lot of people that it's helpful. So, <laughs> the the third one um, is uh, I, I'd say the rule of three. This is this is a daily ritual that I love, and it's not it's definitely not as deep as being honest with yourself or meditating every day. It won't be life changing. Well, it might be life changing. Who knows? Uh, it, every day, here here's how the rule of three works. Every day. You write down three things that you want want to accomplish that day, 
Only three. That's it. You're not allowed to write any more. You can write less than three, but you can you have to write down three things that you're going to accomplish that day. And also you write down three things you want to accomplish that week at the beginning of the week, and you accomplish three things you want to accomplish that year. That's it. And you always revisit these three things every day, every week, to see if you're on track to meet them. And that that's kind of um, that that's the third one, I guess. I like that last one a lot. It's actually funny. There's another rule of three uh, in survival, which is basically like um, <laughs> stress can kill you in three seconds. Like uh, three days is how long you can go without water. Three weeks without food or something, something like that. So and there's okay. sort of a weird similarity there for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, can so, I do like a like a 3.5? Can I do a of course. three and a half tip? This one is this one is huge. I, I interviewed him as a musician uh, for the project named Ernie Halter. He's he's a big famous singer guy. He has a half million followers on Twitter. He's he's famous. I don't know. I guess that's famous. And one of the one of the things he talked about, he writes a hundred songs a year. This guy, which which is just mind boggling to me because you have some of these musicians who, you know, you want to re- you want them to release a new album like every every month but instead they take a few years but one of the things he mentioned was every day he does something that is important but not urgent Um, because so many people focus on just putting out fires all day and they never actually accomplish anything because they don't they only focus on the urgent things that aren't important they don't focus on the important things that aren't urgent and i fall into this trap all the time because with so many tweets with so many emails and so many text messages, with so much of everything, it's easy to only focus on the fires um, while you miss the whole forest and the bigger picture. That's 3.5. No, and you know what? That is an excellent, excellent one to end with, uh, honestly, because people have so much. I think it all ties very well together, actually, because that that goes into self-honesty. You know, a lot of people, it's very easy to think everything is urgent. Uh, when it really isn't. And what's urgent to yeah. one person is often not urgent to someone else. So, yeah, just because something feels urgent, you know, <laughs> doesn't mean it is. So, Chris, those, uh, this is great. That's, those are great tips. I, I, I'm really glad that we're going to catch you at the beginning of this journey, and I hope that everyone follows along with it. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Tell, tell everyone the URL uh, for oh, where they sure. can follow you. Absolutely. It's a year. It's pretty simple. It's a year of productivity.com. And I'm also on Twitter uh, at AYO productivity because a year of productivity was too long of a handle to get. <laughs> Great. Well, Chris, thanks again. Everyone check out Chris and follow along as he discovers the best of productivity for us all. Thanks a lot, Ari.